0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. The fallout from Saturday's Old Firm game continues with Callum McGregor insisting there's no hiding place for his Celtic teammate. Ryan Jack wants Rangers' attentions turned to Standard Liège and Aberdeen and Hamilton meet tonight in the Scottish Premiership. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight is Gordon DL and Roger Hanna. Poor Hamilton Ackies are bottom of the Premiership. They'll try and get off that when they take on Aberdeen in an hour's time at Petaudry. Rangers are top of the Premiership and will look to build on their old firm win when they go to Belgium on Thursday night and Celtic will try and get over old firm defeat against Kings Latin in paradise I think we'll still have a lot of talking points after the uh, the weekend's football Roger and as you say Aberdeen take on Hamilton desperate for a couple of, couple of points tonight um, I think a point takes them off bottom of the table so a big big game up there and uh, I'm a bit disappointed that I've made all this way all the miles from Motherwell and Duncan is sitting in his bedroom I could have just nipped up and he could open the window and I could have answered from there Trust me, I was told from a very young age not to answer the door to strange men. You would absolutely fall into that category. But yes, I am once again isolating from home. Uh, pleasure to be on the show, though. So a bit of patience might be required with us, but I'm sure uh, it will be okay. You're left in semi-capable hands in Roger Hanna and completely incapable hands in Gordon DL. So it's not too difficult, Roger, for me to decide which one of you two is in charge in there this well, evening. Well, listen, I remember the last time you were stuck at home doing the show. Not only yeah. did you open the door to a strange man, you opened it to a strange man in his dressing gown and slippers. And then you opened know, it exactly. to Charles Dunn of Motherwell as well <laughs> that same night. So, But um, unfortunately, you can't have any visitors, never mind visitors of that calibre this evening. Yeah, how things exactly. have changed, the last Roger. Time we yeah, we took the full show to my house once before. Unfortunately, it is just me. But it should be fine. Nothing can change. You can get in touch with us on the phones, 01419511025. And if you would rather tweet, you can do that as well. You'll find us there at Clyde SSB. It might be Tuesday night, Roger, but a game like Saturday, either way, you don't get over that in just a couple of days, do you? No, absolutely not. I think the talk about Saturday will go on until about 5.55 on Thursday when Rangers take on Standard Liège in Belgium and then a couple of hours later when Celtic host AC Milan um, both teams will speak about the old firm the repercussions the consequences the reprisals until their teams play again and that will be Thursday in the Europa League and then the fight for the Premiership title will reconvene at Petaudry and Ibrox on Sunday Gordon Deal with a couple of days now down the line mm. I wonder how you look back on it if now that the dust has settled, you've changed your mind at all on how you saw the game at the time? No, I, I think um, if I was sitting today, um, yeah, reactions after the game is always the same, Gordon. But when the dust settles, you look today, if you were a Rangers fan, you're delighted the way uh, Steven Gerrard's going with his team, the way they're performing, uh, going to Celtic and basically not even going out second gear and, and win the game comfortably, which would never have been said for a long, long time. Uh, if you're a Celtic fan, you're a bit concerned. Don't get me wrong, it's still early. We're not panicking here if you're a Celtic supporter. But I think you'll need to look at Thursday night's game, looking for a reaction. A difficult one at Petaudry. Aberdeen are not bad. I watched them against Dundee United in the studio, uh, Gordon, on Saturday, and I thought they should have won out the park. That'll be a difficult fixture. Celtic have a bit of work to do. 
But they've certainly got the quality in the squad to do it. 01419511025, that is the number you need. It was extremely busy on the phone lines last night. That makes me think there are still some of you out there who've got something to get off your chest from Saturday, whether it's happiness, whether it's disappointment, whether it's something in the middle. You know the number to share it on. 01419511025. Don't hang around. Let's hear from you right now. Uh, let us know what you made of that game at the weekend and, of course, what it means going forward, not only for Thursday night, but for the remainder of the season as well. Let the guys know. Uh, Roger Hanna, what was your take on it? This is the first time we've spoken to you at length since. Yeah, um, my take probably wasn't much different from it was in the final whistle at the weekend. A deserved win for Rangers. Celtic were very flat. Um, maybe there was an inevitability Celtic were going to be flat When they were deprived of so many First pick players um, Anything that could have gone wrong for Celtic Probably did go wrong in the build up to the game But all of that said They still had a £5 million goalkeeper They still had Shane Duffy At the centre of the defence Who will be costing a pretty penny in wages They still had the captain The vice captain They still had Olivier and Cham and they still had likes of Mohamed El Yunusi and too few Celtic players turned up. So there's now a big decision for Neil Lennon ahead of Thursday night. Does he prioritise the league? Does he shuffle the team for the Europa League opener and focus on a huge game at lunchtime at Petodria on Sunday? And if he does that, what is he risking against an AC Milan team led by Zlatan Ibrahimovic and with a perfect record in sitting top of Serie A in Italy just now? Well, I'm sure you don't want me to answer that question. That's for the listeners. 01419511025. Give us a call or tweet us at Clyde SSB. Let's hear from Callum McGregor, shall we? Uh, he admits Celtic can't hide from their derby defeat. He says they now need to make sure they bounce back. He says it's all about keeping the faith, trusting the manager and the players, and what they're trying to do. When you lose a derby game, then obviously there's questions asked, and you know we we'll have to face up to that. We did it in December, and you know we kicked on again. So you know we have to take that experience in, in terms of learning from these defeats, and then trying to go on a run myself. So you know, obviously they'll take confidence from it, but. You know, we have to take confidence for the last time that we, we lost. We went on a good run, so we have to do these things. But you know, it's you're disappointed. I'm, I'm standing here disappointed again that we've lost at home um, to our biggest rivals. So you can't hide away from that in terms of you know how bad a result it is. But again, it's early doors in the season, we're missing a few players. So you know, we, we have to take heart for that. We have to say, right, okay, there's more than two thirds of the season to go and you know we've got plenty of time to, to call it back we have to keep the faith that you have to trust the team and, and, and trust the manager and trust what we're doing we've been here a lot of times before we've got a lot of experience so you know like I said there's, there's more than two thirds of the season to go OK let's get stuck right in 01419511025 is the number Aussie has dialed it he's calling in from London tonight how's it going Aussie? I'm good how's it going lads? Hi Aussie yeah, not bad at all not bad at all what's your main Take away from the weekend then, Aussie. What, what are you thinking looking back on it? So, as a, as a Rangers fan, and I probably speak for most Rangers fans, the, the one aspect of the game that pleased me the most was that our players now seem to show absolute disdain and contempt towards the Celtic players on the park. Um, and I'll clarify what I mean by that. You know, under Warburton, Chich uh, Kaichinha, 
and Murti, our players used to be terrified. It was so blatantly obvious they'd step onto the park in an old firm match and just get stomped all over. You look at you look at the way Rangers play now. There was one move at the weekend where Goldson pinged the ball to Kent. Kent did a back heel. The ball made its way to Kamara. Kamara did a back heel. The ball comes to Morelos. Another back heel. One, two. Tavernier volleys wide. Had that gone in, that would have been one of the greatest all-firm goals of all time. And the, the point that I'm making is just that our players no longer fear Celtic at all on the park. They come, they play their own game with, with absolutely no fear and just express themselves. And, and you look at Morelos as well, mugging off um, Scott Brown and Duffy, Barisic on the floor, giving it Yolby to Lee Griffiths and, and the other Celtic players. As a Rangers fan, that's what I want to see. We really got the edge now mentally against Celtic and long may it continue. Ozzy, I'm wondering if that is because Rangers are just now a better football team than they were back then rather than they have somehow mastered disdain and contempt. I admire your sense of drama, but is it not just that this Rangers side is a better football team than the ones that you mentioned previously? No no doubt it's a better football team, but look at some of the personnel. Some, some of the personnel have been there for a long time. Tavernier... Uh, played in some of those hammerings that we used to get. Um, I, I really believe that fundamental to the past few old firm games is this shift in mentality. It's probably down to Gerard and his coaching staff. And it, it, you can see it on the park. Um, it's so apparent that you know our players step onto the field against Celtic and just instantly... Uh, you know, mentally believe that they're better than them, and 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 he, I really do believe it is disdain and contempt that they're showing towards them. And some of the play, you you could see it pouring out of it. No, I need I need to take issue with your choice of language, Ozzy. There's no way Rangers players are showing either disdain or contempt for the Celtic players. And Stephen Gerrard would take issue with your choice of language as well, because Stephen Gerrard wouldn't allow his players to show disdain or contempt. For Celtic players, Livingston players, St Johnston players, Hibs players, I think Rangers are showing the correct level of respect and regard for their opposition. But if you go back to the League Cup final, I think the League Cup final last year was a turning point for this Rangers team. They came away from Hamden having lost the Cup final to a Celtic team inspired by Fraser Foster. But I think that day, some of the players you mentioned there, Tavernier and others, maybe even Connor Goldson who scored the two goals at the weekend, I think that was a day... That they actually believed that they could compete on a level playing field with Celtic, maybe even play better than Celtic. They showed it again at Celtic Park in December. I actually think those two performances at the end of 2019 were better than the performance at Celtic Park at the weekend there. Um, just, you know, the League Cup final, they came upon Fraser Foster, and this time they didn't need to be as good as they were last December at Celtic the, Park. But for me, there's no way to show the stain yeah, up to them. I agree with you, Roger. I think there's two hurdles that Rangers had to go over. And I think they've got over the first one. And the first one was the belief that they could go toe-to-toe with Celtic, home and away, and win games. And they've showed that. And there's no doubt they've got better. Their belief is a lot better as well. Their confidence is a lot better. As I said earlier in the intro... They went to Celtic Park and never really had to play at their best, which has never been known for years upon years to be a Celtic squad full of millions and millions of pounds and quality. And forget the players that were missing. The next hurdle they have to go over is the belief that they can go and win trophies. That's where Celtic was the proof in the pudding. They had that belief they could go and win trophy after trophy after trophy. 
Rangers need to do the same It's okay saying Going to Celtic Park And you know Being very confident And saying it was a terrific result And how we're going down And the way Stephen Gerrard's got his playing There's no doubt That Rangers are Vastly improved The proof in the pudding Is winning silverware And this is a big season For Rangers Ozzy do you think Rangers have that Level of belief now Because in terms of Winning individual games Against Celtic uh, They managed that Quite some time ago under Stephen Gerrard, did they have that next step in them? Yeah, yeah, I, I really do believe. Um, I agree with um, the panelists that you know we we didn't actually play that well on uh, Saturday. Never stepped out of second uh, first gear. Never needed to. But my concern as a Rangers fan, I think I think there was one omission uh, that Rangers made in the transfer window, and that was signing a real quality right-sided midfielder on a similar level to Kent. Because right now, we're sticking Barker in there and Jones as well. Neither of them are really good enough. And if it's not them, then it's the likes of Arebo, Arfield, even Iten, who are not natural right-sided midfield players. And that's my biggest fear. We, we bought this lad, Zungu, who I actually think is a very good player. And I'm interested to see how he gets on. But I think the priority should have been to get in a right-sided midfielder, and that's my only fear. I think I think in January that has to be the absolute priority for Gerard. What, what do you make of that, Roger? Because I suppose in a more general sense that feeds into what Stephen Gerrard's been trying to get across in the aftermath of the game. You know, be delighted, be happy, be confident. But by no means is that you know a finished article, or or is that the job done? There will be various. Areas are for improvement, and I don't know if Aussie's stumbled across one of them. You can tell me. Um, I don't think Rangers really play with what you would describe as a right-sided midfielder because they like to tuck a player in so Tavernier can get outside that player. Um, that's probably what did for Daniel Candias, if you like. Um, so it's been Hadji tucked in. It's been an occasion Arfield tucked in. It's been maybe you know Barker tucked in a little bit. Although I didn't think he'd he played particularly well at the weekend. Going forward, you look at the midfield. Kamara's playing so well. Arfield's playing so well. Davis played well at the weekend. You, you wonder about Joe Aribo, who was Rangers' best player for the first month of the season almost. Um, could Joe Aribo be the guy who who goes on and plays almost in that? You know, Kent's tucked in on the left. Could Aribo be tucked in on the right, and then that allows Tavernier outside him? I, I know the point Aussie's making. I'm not too sure that. An out-and-out right-sided midfielder or right-winger will be that high up the priority list. Gordon, how, how should Celtic be taking stock now Now with the sort of, in, in the cold light of day, so to speak? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I said earlier, I think there's a bit of work to do, Gordon. Um, there's certainly a good run of games coming up, very important games, very tough games, and I think that suits Celtic. Um, I think I heard a caller last night saying, you know, he'd rather go to Aberdeen than go to, for instance, a Livingston. I tend to agree with him in that. Um, I think going up to Aberdeen after Thursday's night against AC Milan, Celtic will know they have to put a performance on. Now, they've been picking up results, and up until the, Celtic, uh, the Rangers game at the weekend, the performances hadn't been great. And we, we know that. Hibs was probably exceptional. But performances hadn't been good and they turned up at the weekend and there was a lack of fight and desire and everything for Celtic for me. And Neil Lennon, the manager, says, we ran out of ideas. When do you ever hear that from a Celtic manager? So I think it's a big way. I think there's a bit of concern, but there's not, there's not panic. There's still a long, long way to go. 
And uh, Ozzy was talking there about the transfer window. There's still a transfer window as well. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of important decisions made over the, the coming months. Yeah, I, th- I think the one, right. the, there'll, be, there'll be no panic at Celtic. Celtic have lost old firm games at home to Rangers before and gone on to win the league. Just look what last season does. I think the worry among the Celtic supporters this time is the manner of the defeat on Saturday. No shots on target in the league for the first time in 11 years. Um, players who were given an opportunity because Edward was out, Christie was out, Forrest was out, Julian was out. You can you can list them all up. Those players not taking the opportunity that was offered to them. I know the point you mean about going to Petodre. I tend to agree with the point you're mm-hmm. making. However, they're not just going to Petodre. It's Milan at home, Aberdeen away, Lille away, Aberdeen in a cup semi final, Sparta Prague away, and that's before you even get back into the league stuff again. It, it's a, a quite an ominous run my, of results my point, performances my don't point, pick up my point in this Roger is I as a player or a manager I'd much rather have those really big big games coming up because it takes that one game to just give you that lift again and kick you yeah. on especially if you're up against good opposition so I'd rather go down that road than face the real tricky ones that we all know for instance go to Livingston down to Kamarlitz and teams like that OK, Aussie's already given us the take from the Rangers fans this evening. Celtic fans, how are you feeling a couple of days on? Let us know, 01419511025. And we're also going to hear from Ryan Jack next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. More than a million paid in compensation every week. Gordon DL and Roger Hanna are in the studio. I am in my bedroom. Sorry to share too much information, but that's just where we're at. These are the, the strangest of times, Roger Hanna, and I'm just wondering if Gordon DL is behaving himself in there. He's in here twiddling with all your knobs as we predicted he would be. Dear me. He's, uh, Dear he's, me. he's brought in the good coffee, he's brought in the good biscuits. Oh, he's having a well, party I sent, to himself. I, I sent him a little photo. Did you see the photo yeah. I sent you? Yes, it was very nice of you, all your biscuit selection and cakes and sweets that you're bragging about having while I'm stuck in here. I actually got a disturbingly dramatic message from him last night, Roger, when I opened the show last night and explained that I was going to be uh, hosting the show from home. He texted me to say that he almost drowned in the bath when he heard the news. Two things. Firstly, that was clearly a bit dramatic. Mm. And secondly, then that left me with the image of him listening whilst in the bath and clearly that's not what anyone needs I, when they're I trying did, to do the I work. did change my, my bath night it's usually Wednesday but you know that everybody knows that so I changed it to Monday and I was a bit shocked when I heard Gordon and he was doing it from the house so n- not a great Monday for you you heard Gordon was in his bed and you used up all the matey you had to go up to Asda this morning and get a new bottle of matey for the bath exactly mate Carry on. Right, we're all good anyway. We're here. 01419511025 on the phones at Clyde SSB on Twitter. Let's bring in John, who is a Celtic fan. How would you sum up your feelings after the weekend, John? I'm still sick, mate, but as I say, it's, it's, uh, there's, there's two people that's not been mentioned yet. I just getting to blame. I blame the board and the scouting system. Now, a year and a half ago, we were scudding Rangers. Go and away. Go and away. Now, there's four guys left in that, uh, that team now that uh, played for Brendan Rodgers. Four guys out of 11, and there's nine away. The combination of a transfer of over 100 million. And that's not... 100 million, that's a lot of money for Scotland. And, and then we're going to the manager. The manager was getting paid about £2 million a year. Uh, one of the dearest managers in Celtic's history. And we're, we're trapped down to Neil. Neil's log if he's on about maybe about 400 grand a year. But we're downsized the team and the manager. And this is going to be a right, a right long season. And it's one of the important seasons in our history. 
and his, uh, the boat was sailing the shore, mate. I saw the Dean sailing the shore. I was embarrassed on Saturday. Embarrassed. As I say, it's, well, as I say, it's the most important year in their history. And you're getting, you're, you're, you're getting mm-hmm. sailed short. We'll go to the keeper. The keeper, we had the big foster. We've got a guy now. Uh, with Terny, we get Taylor. Uh, we've got Shane Duffy. We've got with Bayata. With uh, Dumbelli. Now we've got Edward. We can keep on and on, but they're just saying that the 100 million and maybe Merna and this one, like, oh, we'll just get their dividends, what they usually do. And the Celtic fans are sick of it. Do you, right, I don't, I don't know, I don't know about the accuracy of the hundred million. Mm. Um, I don't know if we've got time to do the arithmetic. Celtic have, have taken in a lot of money, Roger. I don't think well, there's any doubt about that. Yes, they um, have. But my but goodness, they've, they've, listen, they've certainly spent it as well. They've spent a huge sum of money. Now, at the start of lockdown in March, if you had told me that within seven months Celtic would have spent five million pounds on a goalkeeper, five million pounds on a centre forward, they would have brought in a highly Paid centre half from the English Premier League on loan. They would have spent three or three and a half on David Turnbull. They would have spent the, the wages to bring El Yunusi back to the club, and all the other expense. You know the likes of the deal for Laxalt and everything else has been done. I, I just wouldn't have believed you because all of this time supporters still aren't getting into Celtic Park. There's hardly any income. Coming through at Celtic Park Celtic have the biggest wage bill In the country By a distance They're having to pay All of that as well So I, I actually think The board maybe, maybe I've called this Completely wrong Gordon But the board have spent To my mind A lot more money Than I thought They would make available Now John mentioned the words Scouting system If you then want to have An argument about the quality that was brought in for that money Then that's a separate argument But you can't point the finger of blame at the board For the selection of the players You're spot on Roger Absolutely spot on I know that John's an angry Celtic supporter And I do agree I would be the same um, I don't think you can point at the board You're talking about Scottish football here And you look at Celtic's bench at the weekend Forget the players that was missing there's millions on the bench. There are about 12, 13 million pounds worth of talent sitting on the bench alone. The amount of players that he's brought in in the summer, I think that, yeah, if you're going to scrutinise anything, I'd be looking at the recruitment. I wouldn't certainly be pointing the finger at the board. I think the board have really pushed the boat out and spent money here and in difficult circumstances. So I'm sorry, I'm not agreeing with John in that, but where I will maybe back him up is... You would need to look just now, and it is early recruitment because we're pointing fingers in now, especially the goalkeeper, for instance. They're a big investment put in him, and he's come right under the spotlight for me, especially since the European game where I, I thought he should have kept Celtic in Europe, to be honest. And since then, he's never shown me anything that fully confident. Duffy come up with a big reputation. Apart from a couple of headers at set play, I've not really seen a lot from that. You know, Ayeti has has taken four months now, or three months, trying to get up to speed for five million quid. Elianusi looks like, you know, he's not even a million pound player at times. So there's players there that they've spent so much money on that are just not performing to the level that Celtic would wish they had. But there's still plenty of time to turn them around. But I don't see where John's point is, have a go at the board. There are millions of pounds in that team and you should be getting a better performance out of them. John? I've been following Celtic for 50 years. The board's been doing it to the Celtic fans for years. Years upon years. 
sell them their best players or a, or a selling club. But once once again, you can't go for a two million pound manager to do to four hundred grand a season. I think I was a black step. I come out of Hamden the day we won the, won the treble and we won the treble and somebody shouted to me, I was in my club, I get us an hour drink. Yeah, Neil Lennon's the manager. I wasn't the who we got that day. I was just, we, we won the treble, but when I sobered up the next couple of days, I went, oh, oh here we get Neil here, but I don't think Neil's the answer. There's somebody just found well, out that part, he's just been there, they're arguing amongst themselves. He's turning around and telling you, hey, if you don't want to be here, you'll be getting shipped out the door. He, they've chased that boy for two years in Murrow, and he's not kicked the ball, they're not giving the boy a chance. And a, a, a boy that plays in the midfield is Zorro, Zorro, so what do you call him? He's another yep, one I've seen. And the rest of the kind of... As I see, they've been in the game of They played the boy Walsh, but surely when they're playing Hamilton, I'm wondering maybe two or three, and then they should put these boys on. No, they ain't an old firm game. They've been one of the biggest games of the season. These boys should be tested for an old firm game as well. That's enough. John, are you, John, sorry, are you, in, are you on saying this about Neil Lennon after the reaction this Saturday? Because every Celtic fan come on here not that long ago and was singing the praises of Celtic manager saying that there was a right decision they're talking about yes we doubted them but we totally agree with the decision Neil Lennon certainly is a man for the job it doesn't matter if you're on 400 grand or you're on 2 million hold on a minute you look at the millions of pounds on that part right and look at the wages that are getting spent by both teams and one of the best players in the part was a guy that cost 50 grand so oh. y- your argument doesn't stack up where Brendan Rodgers is a top top manager. That's why he can claim something like one and a half two millions. Obviously, you know Celtic's wage bill a lot better than me. But I don't think it's anything to do with Celtic with Neil Lennon on four hundred grand. It's a season. It's a season, Gordon. They're not kicked a ball in ten games. They get knocked out of Europe. I'm not disagreeing uh, with uh, that. It's all been back back. They go to jail. They go to jail at uh, Tannadice. They go to jail at uh, Perth. They didn't go to jail on Saturday. They got 200 park heat against the Rangers. It's absolutely atrocious. At home. All right, oh. the fans are in there. That's the 12th man. But it's, it's, we've got to go to Aberdeen Sunday. And we've got to go to Murrow. And we've got to go to, 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 to who is it? Easter Road. These are not hard games. If, we don't get, if they don't get their team clicking together, you'll be, you'll be behind Rangers. A lot, man. What is it? Two points? Or four points? Four. With a game in hand. You'll four be a with a game in hand, Rangers right. And, and the, the most important year in the history. That's what I'm saying. Okay, John, we're going to have to leave it there. That was John in Greenock. Thank you very much. 0141951025. John's not happy. The old scattered gun was out. What about Brian on the line? Brian, are you equally unhappy or have you got a more pragmatic outlook at the moment? Well, good evening, chaps. Hi, Brian. I am the same as every Celtics fan who was upset at getting beat with our bitter rivals on Saturday. They won three points and no trophies. They set down a marker for the quarter, first quarter of the season and I will say they were the better team and they have been the better team from the start. But I want to address the Jones and our support. I was taught as a five-year-old child a song that will stay with me for the day to the day I die and I taught my own children. We are Celtic supporters faithful through and through. We have no entitlement to win anything and John, I'm sorry pal, Celtic supporters should stick together because it's easy, a great man once told me, it's easy to support a team that wins all the time. See, when the team's needing your support, when it needs your backup, when Neil Lennon came in and lifted up the gauntlet for when Brendan Rodgers was a great manager, he'd done what he'd done for his own personal reasons, and I, I, 
good. I, I thank him for what he done for us. When Neil Lennon came in and picked up the gauntlet, and he ran with it, and he's made the best of what and the board. I want to put that one to bed, John. Celtic have spent a fortune, and this has been what I was told, and what I would believe one of the best windows that we ever had. So, right now the team didn't click. Right now the team didn't gel. But right now, if we beat Aberdeen in the league, we go one point behind, we gather ourselves together, and anybody, I kid you not, Celtic, Rangers, or any other fan that thinks that this is the way that Celtic are going to play the full season, you're up a gum tree. Celtic will come back, as they did. I heard all of this rhetoric, the same from these um, same supporters, and I, I guarantee you, 99% of these guys that are coming on here and talking the way they're talking, could not find Celtic Park where I sat in half. Brian, Brian, sorry, surely, surely, John, John's not on saying that he's not going to support his club through this this time just now because of the defeats. Are they? John's surely a right as a supporter like you have that supported the club all your days to have a sort of a you know things aren't right and have an opinion and being disappointed. Surely, as a supporter, that's part and parcel of being a supporter. Not just saying, well, we'll take everything uh, that's thrown at us without grumbling about anything, because supporters don't do that. And especially no, no. when you look at Celtic and the standards and the amount of money and the wages. Now, look at Scottish football. You're you're up against one team, really. You know, so John's, John, to, in my opinion, and if it was Rangers supporter, I'd be saying the same. You're quite entitled to come on and criticise your team. That's still supporting your club. It doesn't mean say you're not supporting them. You're criticising them because you feel that something's not right. Well, I understand the point Brian's making though, Daz, because since Gordon Duncan switched on the open line at 3pm on Saturday afternoon and took a first call from Stephen from Cote Bridge, there there has been a sort of scattergun approach to the criticism at Celtic. You, You said earlier on, I think it was after during Aussie's call, there were no panic at Celtic. Mm-hmm. And there won't be. Neil Lennon will speak tomorrow. One of the players will speak tomorrow to preview the, the AC Milan game in the, in the Europa League. I, I think they'll probably speak quite well. They'll be level-headed. There'll be no sense of panic. The sense of panic surrounding Celtic has come, as Brian says, from an element of the support. It's actually surprised me that the level of panic among a lot of the Celtic supporters. Given that, as Brian says, Celtic lost at home to Rangers last year. And went on to win the league I thought there would be a lot more Bullish Celtic supporters In the last three days Making the point that I've seen this before We've seen Rangers come and win at Celtic Park before But we've bounced back The likes of Brown The likes of McGregor The likes of Ayer The likes of Forrest The likes of Edward but you can't They've pull, all gone you, and won the league You can't pull the wool over supporters eyes Roger I know what you're saying about Bullish and we've done this and done that Celtic supporters tr- Truthfully are sitting there Looking at the last You know 10 games maybe Forget Hibs right Hibs have played very well St Johnston for instance They had to use five subs To come on And claw their way out of it. Saturday I thought was See if Celtic lose to Rangers On Saturday And it's a game that you say Rangers really deserve to win that Because they just had that extra bit And they had a wee bit On their side that day Celtic never laid a glove on Rangers I was a canter for Rangers at the weekend At no point Even when the teams come in I will guarantee you A big percentage of Celtic supporters Out there When they've seen the teams Coming into uh, You know On Twitter or wherever Maybe or on TV or radio They thought Oh We're in for a hard day today And that's uh, where Brian, I think let me ask you, right 
Brian, let me ask you briefly before we let you go, because we're touching go for the travel. Yep. You mentioned Saturday as a sort of one-off, if you like. How concerned are you about the recent performances against Rangers, not just Saturday, but the last couple? Because even the Scottish Cup, uh, the League Cup final, sorry, I'm sure you would accept that the performance uh, perhaps wasn't there. Is there a fear that in these head-to-head meetings, Rangers have got Celtic's number at the moment? Well, listen, there is no doubt whatsoever, facts are facts, Rangers have played better against us in the last three games. But if we were to take it over a 20-game period, Rangers get smashed off the park, 5-1, 5-0. Have Celtic got that in the locker to do again? Absolutely yes. Have Rangers got it in the locker to go and beat Celtic 2-0 in the next game? Absolutely yes. But the thing is, what I'm saying is that we don't go off half court and blame Neil Lennon and blame this and blame that. We had a bad day. We had one bad day. We've had a really, really slow start to the season. I haven't seen, but there's mitigating circumstances. Can Celtic gel and become... If Celtic gel and become the team that they were the season, just at the end of the season, then we'll, we'll go on and win 10 in a row. Can we do it? Yes, we can do it. Will we do it? I don't know. But the thing is, Rangers have got better. Celtic, we, we, I don't know why we're not gelling right now. That's up to the manager and his coaching staff to get it right. But we should trust Neil Lennon because he has already given his life's blood to make Celtic what they are just now. And that is 11 titles, 11 trophies in a row. And what I'm saying is that the sense of entitlement should be gone. Do not think you've, you're because you're Celtic. You're going to win something. You're going to get your sleeves up roll your sleeves up and go there and support your team. Be a supporter. Don't be a fan. Don't be a radio fan. Don't be a Twitter fan. Don't be a Celtic player. No, we can't get into the ground. But you can definitely put your back to the wall and say, right, listen, here, we're under attack. Get together. Smaller. Pull yourself together. Have that break. Okay, Brian, we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you very much. That was Brian in Stirling, 01419511025. We're here until 8 o'clock, so plenty of time for more of your calls. And we're going to get team news from Pitodri next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. If we've learned one thing this year, it's to listen to the experts. Roger Hanna and Gordon Dale are in the studio. I am isolating at home, but uh, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, the three of us can be together waiting for your calls and your tweets at Clyde SSB. Grant is on. He says, Celtic didn't have a shot on target due to Rangers being well drilled and coached. We do this week in, week out. The shot on target stats show this. We've done it against top European teams. Give Rangers some credit for their work off the ball. It's aimed at you, Roger Hanna. Oh, Mm mm-hmm. Well, listen, we're always, Speechless, we're, we're, we're always open to criticism here. Go on, are you, are you giving them credit? Are you withholding credit? Rangers at the weekend. Yes. No, I said it, the final whistle, by far the better team. They, they won it in second gear. That's what I was saying. I actually said that to Aussie, the first caller uh, today. I, I thought Rangers played better in losing the League Cup final and in winning at Parkhead last December. And they weren't particularly pushed. I didn't think Morelos had a great game. I didn't think Barker had a great game. But Rangers are all the good players. And the improvement in the likes of Tavernier and Golds, and I've said in the show before, I always thought it was a little weak area there defensively between Tavernier and Golds and the opposition teams just to exploit. If you look back to the goal that Edwards scored off the bench in that League Cup final, Gordon, Tavernier and Goldson are absolutely transformed as defenders 
And you know, Tavernier hasn't lost anything going forward. I always thought that you know, Tavernier was what, what Tavernier was. He was a you know good going player going forward with you know question marks defensively. And if you made him more solid defensively, it might take away from what he gave you going forward. I think Stephen Gerrard and his backroom team have managed to get the best of both worlds out of Tavernier now. Goldson also looks a far better defender. Not sure how much of that is down to having a regular partner. And Helander there Helander looks a good Solid player Everyone knows what a good player Barisic is But that's touching it as well The best player Goldson's bound to get man in a match Because he scored two goals But technically The best football player In the park at the weekend Was Glenn Kamara Who at £50,000 from Dundee Is an absolute steal Well let's hear from one of the men Who played alongside Glenn Kamara Ryan Jack Says they'll now look to back up that old firm win by kicking on and getting a good result against Standard Liège on Thursday. He says they need to forget what happened after their win at Parkhead last season and challenge themselves to improve every week. Well, I would say a lot of the players are the same. A lot of the players that we've got in the squad are the same. There's obviously new additions who's came in and um, added quality, but I think the mentality at this club it's just winning. It's um, whoever's in front of you are trying to stop you, and we just have to have the mentality to go and. Um, keep turning out results and, and keep putting in performances and um, it doesn't really matter how you win it's about end of the season it's about looking back and um, take each game as it comes and hopefully if you, if you do that you'll, you'll go a long way I think we, we always have a lot of challenges in front of us that when you're at a big club a lot of games a lot of big games so um, it, the challenge is now to go and back it up Thursday night um, European competition and then Going forward, it's 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 every week. It, it doesn't get any easier. It's every week. It's you need to turn up. You need to put in performances, and um, we've started the season strong, but we want to build on it and we want to keep that going. Well, you always want to get better. You always want to improve. So last year we came up short. We, we can't hide away from that. It's it's a fact. And um, this year the challenge is there again for us to go and forget that season, go again, go stronger, and and um, and hopefully we'll do it. The thoughts there of Ryan Jack. Let's get the thoughts of John, who's a Rangers fan in Canvas Lang. John, the floor is yours. Uh, uh, cheers, uh, Gordon, and I hope you're at the house soon. And uh, even uh, Roger and uh, Gordon as well. Hi, John. Uh, I'd just like to make a point that uh, I think the board for Rangers uh, should be applauded for batting, Jared, considering obviously what Roger was talking about earlier on, how finances will be tight for everybody just now, but the back to him, the two, two and a bit years he's been there, uh, had a three-year plan when he came in, and maybe this should be the, the development of third year coming in. Uh, I know a trophy is what Rangers fans want just now, but see when you look at a bench on Saturday, and there's eight internationals on it, plus uh, Bassey for Leicester, that shows how far we've came and since the days of Kisina and Warburton. I mean, I'm not going to name any names, no disrespect to some of the players we had on the bench, three, four years ago, it's like night and day and uh, I feel the, the, the board has backed Gerard and he has to deliver this season but we've started well I'm, I'm not going to make any predictions about because after what happened last December, I'm big enough to know that it's only one game but we've started the season very, very well and we've got to maintain that momentum and uh, what Roger was talking about earlier on about Glenn Kamara, I he ended at the last season he seemed to go for the boil a bit but this season he started the season well he's beating more forward passes he's looking up he's it's just I, mean, I was really I, was, I, I agree with Roger I don't think we played as well as we did in the last two games we beat, uh, one we beat Celtic in the cup final because I don't think we needed to but it's, it's really good for the season going forward and uh, hopefully we continue the form but it's just one day, one game at a time I'm looking at 
Yeah, you may have point there that Rangers fans want a trophy, John. They don't. Rangers fans want the league. Um, if Rangers didn't win the League Cup, didn't win the Scottish Cup, didn't get beyond the groups of the Europa League, they just want the league. They want to stop this Celtic quest for 10 in a row. Um, Steven Gerrard knows that. The players know it. It's interesting you speak about you know the, the three-year plan. Alec Ray sort of touched on it in the show last night as well. This is Rangers in to the third season. And this is the most important season, not just for Steven Gerrard, but for all the players, for everyone involved in this sort of three-year plan, if you like. This is the season when they need to get it right. Steven Gerrard, I think, knows it. And you can almost see from the players, Tavernier, as we mentioned, Goldson, Guys who have been around for you know the entirety of Steven Gerrard's tenure now look as if they are the type of player that the Rangers fans want to see in a Rangers shirt. Um, the, the next test for them, because they've shown they can beat Celtic, they've shown they can win at Celtic Park, they've shown they can perform well in Europe, the next thing for them is to show the consistency, not of cup winners, to show the consistency of league winners. Gordon Dale, there's a lot of focus on can Rangers sustain this? Will mm-hmm. they fall away? And most of it seems to be based on because they've done it before, because they did it last season, they did it the season before, they went to Dubai and didn't come back the same side. But is that is that ignoring how much deeper and stronger this Rangers squad is to, to previous seasons? As John mentioned, you always look at the bench on a match day mm-hmm. as a, a sign of of how deep the squad is. To have Ryan Jack starting the game on the bench, Joe Rebo starting the game on the bench, Leon Balogun there, uh, Kamar Roof not even in the squad yet, that must give Steven Gerrard a lot of confidence that that collapse that we've seen in previous seasons might not happen. Yeah, and plus the fact uh, you heard Ryan Jack there in the interview saying that, you know, they fell away last year, come up short. So it's in the back of their minds that they know they have to perform uh, the, the same level week in, week out. Every single game is so important to them. Um, you can't fault them the way they've started. I also think that the managers helped in the, the sense that he was a manager that had never, you know, apart from under-18s at Liverpool or under-21s, whatever he may call it, but he hadn't been a manager. He hadn't had to go out there and make big decisions in the, in, in the, the, the dugout. Whereas he's three years into now his tender at, at Rangers. And the experience you get from that, the mistakes that he's made before, he knew he had a game plan. He wanted a stronger bench. He wanted competition in every position. He's achieved that. And so far, it's working very well. But he knows, like everybody else, when you look over at Celtic, yeah, things at the weekend didn't go particularly well. But the squad that they've got is very capable of really, you know, coming back and biting them. So he knows that his players have got to be on the ball every single day in training and every game. And to be fair, I'm looking at them. Can they go the distance this season? As in really take it to a fight if Celtic even find that yep. form that I'm sure we can, if we know they're going to get. I think they're, they're, they're well equipped for it. John, thank you very much. My apologies. We'll have to leave it there because we're tight for time. We do have a game in the Premiership tonight, more than two months after it was meant to go ahead. You'll remember Scottish football got a, a row off the Scottish Government. Uh, Aberdeen welcoming Hamilton Ackies. Finally, here's Dave Galloway. 
Thank you very much indeed, Gordon. Well, Aberdeen have pushed all thoughts of back-to-back clashes with Celtic out of their minds. The focus fully on Hamilton's visit. The Dons are looking to be sharper in front of goal than they were in Saturday's draw at Dundee United when they failed to capitalise on their dominance. A win this evening would see them climb to third place. Aki's though come here bottom of the Premiership on goal difference and with keeping a clean sheet, certainly an issue for them, something they've not managed in the previous eight league and cup games. However, they did show lots of spirit at the weekend and character and grit and determination despite losing 5-3 to St Johnston and a victory would see them rise a couple of places in the table Aberdeen have two changes Ryan Edmondson and Dylan McGeoch are in for Conor McLennan and Ross McCrory it's Joe Lewis in goals Ash Taylor, Andy Considine and Tommy Holborn at the back midfield Ryan Hedges, Lewis Ferguson Dylan McGeoch and Johnny Hayes up top Marley Watkins supported by Ryan Ryan Edmondson and Scott Wright. The substitutes bench is interesting. Woods, Logan, Ojo, McGinn, McLennan, Cosgrove, Lee, McCrory and Kennedy. As for Hamilton, a couple of changes for them. Will Collar and Ronan Hughes replace David Templeton and Kyle Monroe. It's Ryan Fulton in goals. A back four of Lee Hodgson, Hakeem Odofin, Sean Wants and Scott McMahon. Midfield, Scott Martin, Ronan Hughes, Ross Callaghan and Will Collar up top. David Moyo and Marius Ogpo. Substitutes for Aki's tonight. Gourley, Sterling, Easton, Trafford, Stanger, Mimno, Callum Smith, Owalabi and Johnson. And the match referee at Pitaudry. Perfect night for football. Nick Walsh. Great stuff. Thank you very much to Dave Galloway. We'll keep an eye on that game in the remainder of the show. But first, let's do this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. Okay, beat the pundit time. Your chance to win a signed ball if you can beat Gordon DL or Roger Hanna. 0141 951 1025. Let's hear from you, but you need to be quick because the lines close at 7 o'clock. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. For an unpredictable world, talk to Thompsons.com. Gordon DL and Roger Hanna are here waiting on your calls and your tweets. We spent the first hour looking back on events at Celtic Park on Saturday lunchtime. We're underway between Aberdeen and Hamilton. It was a seven o'clock kickoff tonight, still goalless. In that one, we'll keep an eye on that match and there's plenty more being said about what should or shouldn't happen in the event of games being cancelled due to COVID. So plenty more to come between now and 8 o'clock. But first, let's do this. Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. Yes, it's Beat the Pundit time. Your chance to come on here and embarrass Gordon Diel or Roger Hanna and win yourself a signed ball in the process uh, let's find out who tonight's contestant is um, I hope I've been fed the correct yes I have I've got it it's a bit difficult you see logistically when I'm not in the studio but Terry is on to play Beat the Pundit tonight how's it going Terry? Not too bad Don. not too bad how are you? How, how are you? Not bad at all you Terry I know you'll be, disa- you'll be disappointed after the weekend is this your way of cheering yourself up trying to get a victory <laughs> on Beat the Pundit? <laughs> Hopefully <laughs> Something oh, like shocking. that Good. Absolutely shocking um, I, I thought that I, I don't know. Um, I just couldn't believe it was him. Didn't see any fights, and you know, and it, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, Stephen Jar and Rangers, good luck from you know, and the the, the, the you know the outfox and, and every every department. I just tell you, like no shots on goal. Mm. 
Well, let's see if you've got any fight. Let's see if you've got any fight in you in tonight's Beat the Pundit, Terry. I'm going to toss the coin. Um, if it's heads, you will take on Roger Hanna. And if it's tails, you will be Gordon DL. Now, the, 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 the beautiful thing is, I know exactly what's going to happen here, Gordon. You know it as well. I'm going to toss the coin. Mm-hmm. It's going to be tails. You're going to need to play. And then you're going to accuse me of fixing it because I'm at home and you can't see the coin. You've just read my mind, yeah? But well, we just get out of the way. I'm sure you'll send me a WhatsApp. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's see. We've got heads. It is Roger Hanna, and tails. It is Gordon DL. And it's heads. It's Roger Hanna up against Terry, calling in from County Down this Good evening. Morning, now remember, Terry. Roger knows his stuff, but he starts on minus one. Okay, so you've got a wee head start. Right. Okay. <laughs> Good man. He always sounds a bit nervous. Now let's give Roger some clay two to listen to. Whoever is in there pressing the buttons, can you press the right one and make sure Roger can't hear us? Right, I think we're good to go. So Terry, you know the drill. It's pretty simple. Answer as many questions as you can. I'll put 30 seconds on the clock and if you don't know it, pass quickly and just move straight on to the next one. Are you ready? Okay, yeah. Go ahead. Good man. 30 seconds on the clock and your time starts now. Who was the most recent Scottish manager of Aston Villa? Uh, Alex McLeish. What city would you be in if you were at Fourth Bank Stadium? Uh, Fourth Bank. Uh, pass. Which former Hearts player is the manager of Cove Rangers? Uh, pass. What nationality was former Rangers player Jonathan Johansson? Uh, Danish. Which English side does Scotland's Chris Maguire play for? Derby uh, County. Okay, let's bring back Roger Hanna. They were quite tough tonight, Terry. Let's bring back Roger. We bet the Eurythmics and Clyde too, Gordon. Magic. Great. Well, you're stuck with me now, I'm afraid, for the next 30 seconds or so. You've been over this many times, Roger. You know the drill. We'll put 30 seconds on the clock and your time starts now. Who was the most recent Scottish manager of Aston Villa? Bella McNeil. What city would you be in if you were at Fourth Bank Stadium? Sterling Which former Hearts player is the current manager of Cove Rangers? Paul Hartley What nationality was former Rangers player Jonathan Johansson? Finnish Which English side does Scotland's Chris Maguire play for? Sunderland Name either scorer the last time Celtic beat AC Milan Scott McDonald Okay, okay Terry, 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 how do you think that went? (laughs) Uh, Very badly (laughs) <laughs> the last time I was on the Dodger as well It's home for Gordon tonight Well Let me just tell you I was hoping for you Only kidding man Only kidding No you're not No. Why would you be Right let's find out That self-isolation is causing problems for you Gordon You couldn't ask those questions any slower Let's find I'm on a delay here you see Hi um, let's find out exactly what damage has been done. Uh, yeah, I don't know what sort of delay Terry's on across the water. Maybe we can blame blame that. Right, first one. What was the most recent Scottish manager of all time? I'll tell you what, Roger. You can blame the delay all you like. That's the worst answer I've heard I got from it. you on Beat the Pundit. I got it. Go for it. Paul Lambert. Paul Lambert. There was Alex McLeish. It certainly wasn't Billy McNeil. Kevin McDonald so, as well. No, I just ah, had a blank. Hi, I noticed that. It was, well, that's one word for it, right? Um, it was Paul Lambert, but lucky for you, Terry didn't get it either. <laughs> so Roger's still on minus. <laughs> you might see a theme developing here as we go on. <laughs> uh, it, 
Uh, what city would you be in if you were at fourth bank? It is Sterling. Roger gets it, so that's his minus one ruled out. We're now on nil-nil. Which former Hearts player currently manages Cove Rangers? It is Paul Hartley. 1-0 Roger Hanna. I, I mean, you weren't a million miles away. Terry, you said Jonathan Johansson was Danish. He's actually Finnish. Um, insert bad radio phone-in joke here about him only being 34 or whatever he is. So Roger Hanna goes 2-0 in front. Which English side does Scotland's Chris Maguire play for? Sunderland, Roger Hanna, 3-0 mm. in front. Mm. And name either scorer the last time Celtic beat AC Milan. You had the choice of Stephen McManus or Scott McDonald. Roger Hanna gets it. He got five right. We take one off him. A four for Roger Hanna. Terry, it was a zero know. for you. Mm. Mm. Unlucky, uh, Terry. It's, it's not been a, it's not been a good <laughs> few days, has it? Terry, 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 you could who showed who. who who showed less fight, Terry, Celtic on Saturday <laughs> or you on Beat the Pundit? Well, probably me. <laughs> well, no, no, here, uh, probably we're on a par, we're on a par. Uh, at least I got... Well, none of you had shots on target, that's for sure. Terry, well, do you know what, though? Again, I, I was minus one, see, I minus one down then. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's easy when you're playing along at home, Terry, and there's no pressure. Know, it takes a brave man to come on and give it a go. So, hard lines. Sure, it's a bit, it's a bit of crack, and that's a, it's a, bit, a bit of fun, sure. Listen, Good man, see you later and, uh, Thank you very much That was Terry uh, in County Down The worst of it is I can hear the family in the background oh, uh, as They're going to yeah. be ashamed of him oh, They're going to be disowning him He'll be sent straight to his room Imagine having the cheek to say oh, I was home to get Gordon, he gets a duck gets Well, none. to be fair that Come on. Both, can, both can be true at the same time Oh, Terry Surely Honestly. How many of them would you go? Please got? phone in on Tuesday uh, Thursday, sorry got uh, I, get, I get four, Gordon the, the, uh, but the, again, one I, the one I got wrong was Chris McGuire I didn't, I didn't get Sunderland Is it really the right time for you to be bragging? Did you not get beat twice last week? Uh, yeah, yeah, and I was home for Terry tonight Right, okay uh, 01419511025 in the phones At Clyde SSB on Twitter Let's just check in with the game that's underway at the moment It's Hamilton Aki's uh, visit to Pataudry. Uh, it is goalless in that one at the moment. So we'll keep an eye on things. Like I mentioned a few moments ago, plenty more being said about what should or shouldn't happen in the event of games being unable to be fulfilled due to the COVID situation. St Mirren very much in the spotlight at the moment. Kilmarnock have been previously. Uh, St Mirren are not very happy about comments made by Motherwell's coach Morris Ross and of course the game that's on tonight is only on tonight because it was postponed two months ago thanks uh, to the Scottish Government giving us into a bit of trouble so that situation still bubbling away in the background we'll take a look at that in the near future let's go straight back to the phones though and bring in Bill who's on the line tonight Bill what's on your mind? Uh, it's relating to the game at the weekend the Celtic Rangers game I think the problems which Celtic are experiencing can partly be traced back to the end of last season when they let Gordon Hayes and Simonovic let, they let them go without adequate replacements coming in. I think uh, as far as they get the last game it was played, Rangers had 10 out of their 11 players who have been playing together for over two years. Celtic had five players who have played together for between one and a half years and more. Also, Celtic are overloaded with international players when compared to Rangers. I think the goalkeeper uh, is poor and should be replaced with Scott Bain until such times as he becomes more familiar with his defence. And by comparison, Rangers' scouting system should be more effective than Celtic's with less money to spend. Roger? Um, 
Yeah, Vasilis Barkas, I don't think he covered himself in glory This was his first big examination, if you like um, He seemed to get to Conor Goldson's first header and, and not really keep it out And the second when he was caught flat-footed When, when Goldson netted the rebound after Shane Duffy had, had blocked the initial effort So I can understand, you know, I was going through to Livingston for Super Scoreboard for the game on Saturday Listening to the, you guys talking about it And I think it was Alec and Daz were sort of agreed that Barkas could have done and should have done better mm-hmm. for the first goal I think it's a bit premature to say take him out of the team um, if he's going to get used to playing with you know, a back three or a back four Whatever it is, Celtic select The best way of doing that is on the pitch um, I didn't think he was the only Celtic player to fall beneath their normal standards on Saturday And it's up to Barkas and others to come through this yep. difficult spell of form Just to pick you up on something though, Bill You said that you know Celtic were overloaded with internationals compared to Rangers But I'm not sure your arithmetic quite stacks up I mean, out of Rangers match day squad on Saturday At a glance, I think 11 or 12 of them were away on international duty So I'm I'm not sure that's entirely accurate When when you talk about the team that was actually on the park Yeah, I think it was six Well, yeah, six Six of of Celtic's players Six of Celtic's starting 11 were away Bill Sorry, I'm, tr- I'm trying to, to, to do the numbers, Bill. Six of Celtic starting 11 were away in international duty and five of Rangers starting 11, so there's not much difference. <laughs> I don't know how you can say that. I don't what honestly do you know <laughs> how you can say that. It, Bill, hold on, hold on, Bill. Bill, this, this is not some bizarre opinion of mine. I've, I've got the team in front of me. Barkas, let's count them together then. I might be wrong. Mm-hmm. Barkas, Duffy. Duty. Yep, I'm, that's why I mentioned them. Duty. Barkas, Duffy, Ayer, McGregor, El Yunusi. Uh, and Klamala was away, I think, with the 21s for Poland. On the other side, Rangers, Helander, Barisic, Kamara, Davis and Morelos were all away. So it's pretty similar. Mm, nah. <laughs> what do you mean, no? <laughs> Your argument doesn't stack up, Bill, does it? No, I, I, to be honest with you, I, I, I still think that, uh, by and large, Celtic had more players away. And, and the fact is that... <laughs> yeah, one. That You've just been told one. ...together for over two years together. And Celtic have cobbled a, uh, a team together with players. OK, a lot of players have cost a lot of money. But you, if you take five or six players at a Rangers team and throw in five or six players who don't normally play together, Rangers will not play nearly as well. I, I'm struggling to find an answer for your question, Bill, because one... Your international uh, query doesn't stack up, to be honest, apart from right one. Um, if that's your best excuse about the performance, then I think oh, no, no, you're I'm not struggling here. Because uh, it doesn't stack up, let's be honest about it. Um, I thought you maybe have come on and used the excuse about key players missing, i.e. Edward Christie, probably stacked up a lot better. You've just got to admit sometimes that yeah, Celtic had a, a poor day, but Rangers were far better, looked far more organised, whereas international players are not. Don't disagree with that at all. I think Rangers were by far the more superior team. But what I'm trying to get at is the fact that if you're playing together for over two years, you're obviously going to be more effective than players who yeah. half of the team have not played together. And I think yeah, they, I think that I think, I think that is that. fair. I think that is fair, Roger. If we look at the continuity that Rangers have, not necessarily in even just in personnel, but in terms of of their jobs and their their roles and their function, and and they seem to be very comfortable in what they're doing at the moment. And I'm sure even the the most optimistic of Celtic fans would would concede that 
the the 3-5-2 and, and trying to find the right personnel within that combined with dealing with all the absentees Celtic don't have that that settled look at the moment No they most certainly don't have a settled look There is a new goalkeeper uh, You know Shane Duffy's reasonably new to the team Stephen Welsh is very new to the team coming in Diego Laxalt at left wing back We're just making his debut at the weekend So th- there is a new look to the Celtic team I don't think we've ever seen a Celtic team with Klamala and El Yunusi paired up front either But but that said And the boys made the point as we're watching the game unfold On Saturday on the show Gordon th- There were enough players Of Experience of previous winning mentality in a Celtic shirt on that pitch, Brown, McGregor, and Charm, Ayer, people like that. Even El Yunusi, who had had success with Celtic on loan last season, they should have played better than they did. And as you said at the weekend, as you said again last night, this has been the pattern for a few weeks now. They are playing beneath their capabilities, beneath their previous high standards. And the need to rediscover those previous high standards Otherwise, you know, the season can begin to unravel very quickly for teams Bill, thank you very much I do appreciate you calling in As always, that was Bill on the line You missed a goal a couple of moments ago But five minutes or so ago now Aberdeen are in front It was Ryan Hedges with a whipped corner Tommy Hoban broke free in the box Headed into the net from close range It's been a tough old time for Hamilton Ackies and that tough run continues at the moment. We're approaching the 20 minute mark there. Aberdeen 1, Hamilton Ackies 0. Right, this is where it gets serious. Whoever is in that studio, whoever is keeping an mm. eye on things, I'm here. I am deadly serious. I, I, I'm going primary school teacher here, confiscate Gordon DL's phone for the next I'm waiting 40 minutes. I'm important message coming in. I've not got Twitter, no- so how am I g- And I won't Google. There is no way you can be trusted with a full-time teaser when I am not in the studio. 100%. Absolutely no way. They call no me chance. honest, Gordon. <laughs> Never cheat. <laughs> no, okay, I've been married three so, times. That might not stack up. Right, okay, go for it. Uh, right, I think the, the, the less said about that, the better. I don't want to get you in any more trouble. So whoever's in the studio, keep an eye on Gordon because we've got a full-time teaser coming up next. If you've got good knowledge of Scottish clubs in Europe, I think you'll be all over this one. I'll give the guys the question after these. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. More than a million paid in compensation every week. Roger Hanna and Gordon DL are in the studio. I am some 25 miles away in my bedroom, which means the chances of Gordon DL cheating on this full-time teaser are absolutely through the roof. I'm suspicious enough of him when I'm in the studio, never mind being here, so this could go horribly wrong. Promise me, Gordon, you will do the honourable thing. I, I'll tell you what, I never get it on a Tuesday night because the question's so hard with Roger. I'm now taking my phone physically and putting it over there where I can't reach it. Correct, put it over guys? there. I, I, yeah, I think the audience have got some other suggestions as to where you could put it, but over yeah, there yeah. won't do. Unfortunately, that's for later on. What about the other phone? Right, is it still still <laughs> yeah. 1-0 to Aberdeen, Roger Hanna as well? I think it is. I don't know, I've not uh, got yes. my phone. <laughs> Very good Oh no it's not It's two. It's 3-0 Shows you how up to date I am when I'm at home uh, Ryan Edmondson Has just got his first Aberdeen goal To make it 3-0 I told you Tommy Hoban Put them in front And former Aki's player Lewis Ferguson A 25 yarder uh, To double the lead Before Ryan Edmondson Made it 3 Roger Hanna I've been a bit worried About Brian Rice recently I'm feeling pretty sorry for him Because he's had a tough time With Covid Results haven't been Going particularly well He seems to be Speaking regularly About about how tough He's finding this season And um, 
to be fair, they were 3-0 down at the weekend and made a right go of it. But I just wonder if they can do that again tonight. Um, they're in desperate need of a result. In the last, this is seven successive seasons, Aki's have been in the top flight. I think it's a record for the club, Gordon. And each season, they go through a spell like this where they're bottom of the table and you think they're struggling and you think the, the bubble's about to burst, if you like. And then they get a result. They always seem to get a result somewhere. So do not be surprised if that's somewhere is St Mirren on Saturday, where, where they go next. But Brian Rice is in desperate need mm. of that result that Aki's always seem to pick up because at the minute, they're looking in dire straits You say they go to St Mirren on Saturday Or do they? This leads me nicely on to the next point Roger Because there's so much uncertainty at the moment St Mirren's game with Mullerwell was postponed At the last minute on Saturday um, Now none of those players Will be back for Saturday the, the, the plan at the moment I believe is that the game does go ahead So don't get me wrong But there's clearly a lot of uncertainty there Can they supplement the team with youth players Who would then have to be brought into The, the, the testing bubble etc So we Are still struggling with how we get Our football on the go With everything that's going on at the moment Yeah we are um, I think some senior players may be available Because when the game was called off Was there not some of them A bit like the forfer situation Gordon That had been a fresh positive test And they were unclear as to whether Some of that person's teammates Were classified as close contacts or not So I believe St Myrna are still seeking clarity over that some of them doubtless will be classified as close contact And as, you, as you're seeing yourself You therefore need to self-isolate <laughs> But I was going to say I know all about trying to seek clarity th- on th- that So what, what's said about I, that the I would imagine there would be some Who would not be classified as close contact If we can assume that they haven't returned any more positive tests Then they would be available to play I think the initial ones Who w- returned the initial positive tests St Mirren hope they might be cleared to play by that stage and then you have some of the younger ones who weren't tested last week who are now in the testing bubble if you like they'll yeah. be able to play so I think by hooker by crook St Mirren are confident they'll be able to get the 13 players that they require to fulfil mm-hmm. the fixture this weekend when they couldn't fulfil it last weekend OK I'll tell you what I'll, I'll set up your question then we'll get mm. back into that discussion because I'm going to give you as much time as usual thank you to Martin who sent tonight's question in fulltime at Clyde1.com that's the address you need if you want to hear your question used on the show in the future um, I think this is a really good one a good mix of semi-easy answers and some tricky ones as well Martin says can you name 12 players that have played both for and against Celtic in European competition so we're looking for 12 players who've played both for and against Celtic in European competition any that spring to mind? For and Arteta. Gordon, I speak in behalf of all the listeners. Can he please have his phone back? Give me your phone. Is that not right? Michael Arteta that played could for be Rangers. the worst yet. Oh, did you say? I, th- I <laughs> thought Rangers and Celtic. You, did you not say Rangers and Celtic? No. no. At no stage did I mention Rangers. Oh, Watch about, right. uh, <laughs> oh, 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 What about okay, the obvious one? What about Henrik Larsson? The obvious one, Henrik Larsson, now, Barcelona. There's one that played against Celtic while he was a Celtic player. Uh-huh. Mo Bangura. Mo Bangura, remember that, yeah. Oh, I, I suppose the same would be possible. Diego Axel, he'll be, he is eligible, is he not, to play against AC Milan? Uh, yes, he is, yeah. 
Yeah. Yes, there we go. So the roles could be reversed on that one. Mo Bangura and Henrik Larsson. Surprisingly, no uh, Mikel Arteta on the list. They might the, no, what, Gordon, my apologies. I thought you said Rangers and Celtic. I thought it was right, a okay. great answer. Um, I'm trying to think. It'll be a black, a Blackburner or a Liverpool in there. Manchester United. It'll be an English team in there. Is Manchester United could it be Liam Miller? Miller. No. No. <laughs> but I'm I'm on the right road here. Yeah. Just point me down the right mean? road. That, there's an English team there, like um, Blackburn. No, no, there's not. No, no don't point no. me in the wrong road there. <laughs> Roger, give us a line on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> Right. right, we'll leave it there. That's okay. Twelve players have played both for and against Celtic in European competition. You've got Mo Bangura and Henrik Larsson. Right, as we were saying, Roger, Scotland's ongoing uh, battle to negotiate its way through the complications that come with the COVID situation. Let's hear from Ross County manager Stuart Kettlewell. He's been speaking about it today. He says it would be wrong to force clubs to forfeit matches because of coronavirus issues. He says everyone in Scottish football is doing their best to avoid positive tests and that it wouldn't be fair to punish teams if they can't fulfil fixtures. I think it's exceptionally harsh. I really do. I don't think that there's any club in Scotland at the minute that's actively out trying to get a, a deadly virus. I don't think there's any players that are out there seeking to, to, to have this virus. Every club that I've been to um, really seems to be taking the situation serious and I think it's really, really naive to think that anybody's out there thinking anything different. This situation can happen a, a number of different ways. You know, we, we speak about us all having wives and kids at school and all of that sort of stuff. So there, there's any number of ways that, that, that the virus can be passed about. We speak to our players about not going into situations where you can't be in control of it. So again, that would be coffee shops, into general shops, you know, um, up the high street and all of that sort of stuff where, where there's areas that you can't control who you're surrounding yourself with, your social distancing and all of that. There really needs to be a bit of common sense in this in this whole thing here and, and the outcome that that can have on people's seasons and people's livelihoods as well. You know, deduction of points can be, can be massive come the end of the season. And now we've got a mild spat brewing as well. Roger, um, a nice tabloid word for you. St Mirren Chief Executive Tony Fitzpatrick has written to Motherwell to complain about Morris Ross's comments on the postponed match between the sides at the weekend. They were due to play on Saturday. It was called off at the last minute. Now, Morris Ross appeared on the BBC at the weekend talking about the call-off and the effects of coronavirus, suggesting that teams unable to play fixtures should forfeit the points. Now, I'm sure if if Morris Ross was here, he would say he did explicitly say, I'm not talking about St Mirren. I'm not saying St Mirren have done this, but he then went on to talk about the you know the the, the potential problems. Um, and Tony Fitzpatrick and St Mirren are not happy, claiming Ross has cast doubt on the reason for the postponement. Um, yes, it's terrible. Somebody's getting an opinion, isn't it? Um, listen, Morris Ross was just saying what I would imagine an awful lot of people linked to Motherwell supporters included were feeling um, and he you know, expressed his opinion honestly at the weekend and St Mirren don't seem happy it's not a mild spot it's a full it's a full scale row Gordon in tabloid oh, terms and I don't think we'll have heard the end of it yet because Jim Goodwin has still to speak um, Stephen Robinson has still to speak and, and I touched on this at the weekend the thing for me is Neil Doncaster still to speak what, what did the <laughs> SPFL actually make of this the SPFL hasn't put out any clarification as to what they were told, when they were told it, what their feelings are about the postponement um, and whether an investigation could lead to any punitive measures being faced by St Mirren. 
Um, it will be fascinating to see because that could well set the tone for how instances like this are dealt with for the rest of the season. But uh, listen, I've a great deal of sympathy for Motherwell, and I know I'd, you know we've we'll, we'll a laugh about it because they're your team, they're Daz's team. Motherwell haven't played a game in the month of October through no fault of their own. They've had to take the word football out of the Motherwell Football Club title at the minute because they're sitting there redundant. If it wasn't for three games for Scotland, Declan Gallagher and Stephen O'Donnell would have forgotten what a football was like. And and I've got great sympathy for Motherwell. And I think Morris Ross's frustration, annoyance, dissatisfaction with this latest episode just probably spilled over. And he, he said things that he honestly felt, but looking back, maybe he will regret saying them. Yeah, at the same time, Gordon DL, you can understand it from St Mirren's perspective and mm-hmm. Kilmarnock and anyone else because if they feel that they are putting everything in place that they can, and Stuart Kettlewell mentions it, these players are not really in a bubble because they're still living with wives who might have other jobs and who've got kids at school and all the rest of it. If they feel that they can't do any more and matches are, are being postponed because of, of self-isolating or positive cases... What what do we do? Where do we go from here? Because with every passing case, it feels like we need to do something. Yeah. But at the same time, how can you just start doing something now and ignore the, the, the games that have been postponed previously? Yeah, you've got one tonight. Okay, it was the government, but I do... Yeah, that's different. I think yeah, that one is yeah, different. Let's yeah, not confuse is, things. But I do think that... Uh, and can we just say that it's now 4-1 at Bidodri? Oh, Hamilton fight back. Um, I do feel sorry for St Man because you're right, Gordon. I think every team are doing their their best to keep everyone safe and make sure that their team's available. Uh, but it's difficult times. And if we get down the road or start deducting points, I would feel really, really sorry. And I think it could end up really causing us problems in the long run. You know, I just think if we do get this season finished and you get nearer the end of the season, then relegation and winning the league and everything could come into play because of certain circumstances. It's a very difficult question, Gordon. Everybody will have their own opinion about it. I certainly am not just now saying that we should deduct teams because they can't, can't fulfil their f- fixture in the, the league just now. I'm definitely what not. What do we do it. then, Roger? What do we do? I think what we do sensibly, Gordon, is you, you need to take each game on its merits Now you look at Kilmarnock When that Friday night game against Motherwell was put off um, It was put off because Ayrshire and Arnhem Health Board Put the entire Kilmarnock first team squad Into self-isolation um, So Kilmarnock didn't have any players And, and to an extent the, the decision was you know, it was taken out of everybody's hands They had no players Therefore they couldn't fulfil the game um, the, the one at the weekend for me Still is less clear It might turn out that the same thing was told to St Mirren But we don't know that yet We haven't actually been told that yet That any yep. health, health professionals Advised St Mirren to take that course of action We don't mm. know that yet So each one of these cases is different You know, the Hibs situation was different Alec Gogic missed a game Because he returned a false positive um, The St Mirren earlier situation was different Because it affected three goalkeepers And they had to scramble about And get Bobby's Lamal from Hearts um, the Celtic situation with Ball and Goalie was different because government intervened, as you say. The Aberdeen situation with the, the, the eight players who were in the night out after the defeat to Rangers was different. So I don't think you can just have a one-size-fits-all punishment for 
COVID-19 related so postponement case, Roger That you start deducting points in from, from teams If they're not fulfilling their fixtures uh, In your opinion uh, If teams are found To have breached the rules And You know Done things unfairly mm-hmm. Or acted not in the best interests Of the game okay. yeah. Then I think There does need to be Some sort of punitive measure there Look at the Betfred Cup Kilmarnock Could have fulfilled A fixture at Falkirk But Chose not to because they didn't want to expose their the younger kids. players. Yeah. You know, Alec Dyer said they have a duty of care to their young professionals. They chose not to fulfil the fixture, therefore they were punished with a 3-0 defeat. Okay, let's leave it there for a moment or two. Martin's question tonight, which 12 players have played both for and against Celtic in European competition? Great response to this on Twitter. You two have got Larson and Bangura anymore. Is Baruchter one? Uh, Dirk Baritka is not one no. Oh, Pookie No oh, what about You're having an absolute mare What, um, about, what about Joe Inga Bergut? Yes Oh, Roger um, Any more? Daniel Mastonovic? No Massimo Donati? No Compia? Must be No He only played once for Celtic, did he not? Uh, what about Harold Bratback? Yes, brat back. Okay, oh. that's four. You've still got plenty of work to do. We'll get the rest of the answers and we're going to speak to, I think it's George on the line next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. If we've learned one thing this year, it's to listen to the experts. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna and Gordon DL are here. We're going to get a halftime story from an action-packed first 45 minutes at Pitodri very soon. But before we do anything, let me apologise to George and Rutherglen and bring him into the conversation. He's been hanging on for ages. George, how's it going? All right, lads. How's it getting on? All right. Hi, George. Not bad at all. Are you well, George? I'm very well yourself. Good. Yes, not bad. On you go. Good, good. just a couple of points if that's enough. I'll be, I'll be brief because I know how busy you are, but um, no, obviously a, a response would be welcome. Just picking up for what the last caller said, which did seem like a, a lifetime ago um, in regards to the excuses for Celtic. Um, you know, if you're going to use the excuse that Rangers have had the squad for two years, then we can use the same excuse the first two years that Gerard were in charge when we were building a squad. The Celtic had a, a settled squad. So that that to me is default. Um Also, um, just to pick up on uh, a few other things, is uh, I don't honestly think Rangers are getting the field credit they deserve. And the reason why is, I think they just, just did enough. And they did enough because that's what they wanted to do. Um, it's like the old, the old saying, a good horse knows how high to jump. Um, honestly, I feel the Celtic went and scored again. Rangers went out of the park and scored. You know, uh, sorry, scored for the first time. Rangers went up and scored again and just went in a different gear. Rangers didn't have to go through the gears. Um, you know, because... They had nothing that they had to go and play against to get through the gears. And I'll, I want to put one more question to the panel and then come back to them if I can. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, um, everyone is, you know what I mean? Do you ever think Rangers are going to win the league again? Ever? In their history? Well, it's a strange question that to ask, yeah. Well, I th- well, just, well, a- just answer well, it. Well, well, it. I think, yeah, well, yeah. Well, well, I, I definitely think Rangers will win the league again, yes. Right, okay. The reason why I ask that is because all I hear is that. Rangers have failed the last couple of years. They don't know how to win. But that, that's just a cop-off. That, that, that's kind of, that cannot happen forever. Of course, we, we, we blew it the last two years. 
And of course we don't know how to win trophies because we've not won one yet. But we will, we will win, and I'll tell you why we won. There's a big difference this year. And Celtic proved it against St Johnson, which happens when you've got a good bench. When you've got quality players on the bench, they can come on and make a difference. We've not had that the last two years. We've not had the last two years after the break when Rangers can't break teams down and they've not played well, but we've had the bench that could make the difference. I'll tell you right now, boys, we've got it this year. And I am convinced that Rangers will win the league. Convinced 100%. And if we don't win it this year, then we don't deserve to ever win it. This Celtic team cannot keep on winning trophies. And this Rangers team cannot keep on losing trophies. It's so, impossible. So what you're saying, George, if they don't win it this year, then they'll never win it. That's what you're saying. And, well, I, and you, you asked me the question, do you think Rangers no, no, would ever no, win the league no, again? Yeah, well, all right. If you want to be obviously contrary <laughs> about it, then fair enough. You know what I mean? But what I'm trying to say is we'll never get a better chance. They yeah. kind of keep on using the fact that ah, they don't know how to do it. They no doubt. I'll use another metaphor for you. See, see, see before Stephen Hendry won his first World Championship, he never knew how to win a World Championship. But once he won it, he knew how to win it. It harms with everybody. Jeddah's no winner a, 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 a league yet. You know what I mean? But he will win the league. He will win it. I'm convinced he'll win it. But you, you can keep on going back to the past if they want to keep on doing that as an excuse. Celtic are decre- digressing and we are progressing. And that's what's happening at the moment. And nobody likes it. You know what I mean? In regards to the Celtic. And I believe some of the media don't like it either, to be honest with you. Do you know what I mean? Because everybody's got their favourites. You know? And that happens in any way, way of life. I'm convinced Rangers will win the league this year. Convinced. I actually think this weekend's very big because it'll be fascinating to see how, A, George, how Celtic respond. To go to Petodre, as I said earlier on in the show, that's that's the kind of fixture that you want, 12 o'clock on a Sunday at Petodre. I, I think it'll be difficult. Just everything the week will have taken out Celtic, the Rangers game, then AC Milan in the Europa League, then Petodre. I think it'll be a big examination for Celtic. And oh, then, yeah. then for I think Rangers at home to Livingston's a big game, George, because yeah. no, definitely. You know what I mean? We, we were in here a couple of weeks ago watching the Ross County game, and yeah. Ibrox with no fans, a team sitting in trying to defend. Look the way Livingston defended at the Tony Macaroni in a nil-nil oh. game earlier on in the season. I think Rangers will face more of that again on Sunday. A completely different fixture from the game at Celtic Park last they're, weekend. They're, def- they're definitely a well-organised team. What I would say too. And it's something I actually spoke to my dad about because I'm one of these fans that did speak to everybody after we won. Um, you know, phone my family and things like that. You know, I don't even like to know, talk to my family, you know. Um, what I would say is, when Celtic have been beat before, right? And I don't know if this will make a difference, and I don't know if you pick up on this. When they've been beat after Rangers before, they've went in to an international break or they've went in to a, 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 a winter break. So there's no really been a hangover. This is the first time I can remember Rangers beating Celtic, Right? Where they went and played the next week, you know, and that that has happened the last three times that Gerrard's beat Celtic, right? They went in to either a winter break or an international break, and they've had time to kind of recoup. This will be interesting because they've no had it this time. They've been beat now, and they've got another hard game right ahead of them. I'd be interested to see what will happen at the weekend with Celtic. Well, I can't disagree with that. I think. Uh... Even the Celtic supporters will be interested to see what happens in the response. But they've got a big game on Thursday night against AC Milan first. They have to take some from that. And then Petordre obviously is a very difficult place to go. They've already scored. I know it's. Listen, we're talking Hamill Nackies struggling down the bottom of the league. They're banged in four tonight and it's only half time. So, yeah, it'll be a difficult game for them. I think that Neil Lennon, as a manager and his coaching staff, will be looking for a big response as well. Um, I do I do agree with you George I think 
Um, for a long time now, Rangers are set up to give it a real go and a real challenge here. And I think that Celtic, everybody concerned with Celtic, know that. But I think there's still a long, long way to go and a lot of football to be played. OK, George, we'll leave it there. A pleasure to speak to you. That was George in Rutherglen. We're going to have to leave it there, I'm afraid, because we've still got the halftime story to get from Pataudry and the end of the show uh, is fast approaching. Let me check in at Clyde SSB. A brilliant response to this teaser tonight. Robert has given it a good go. Ian McAllister, Scott Brothers, Stephen M, David Grant, um, Matthew Breckenridge, Stephen Irvin. The list goes on and on. Ricky Ward... Um, all throwing some, some great answers in there. The question tonight is which 12 players have played both for and against Celtic in European competition? You've got Henrik Larsson, Mo Bangura, Joe Inge Berget and Harold Bratback. Simunovic one? Simunovic is one. Dinamo Zagreb. Yes! From the same Finally. Nation, from the same nation. What about Mark Viduka? Mark. Was he known as Marco back then? I think he was. <laughs> yes, I seem to remember that Mark Viduka, well done mm-hmm. Freddie Lundberg Nope Stefan Mahi Brilliant, which team? PSG oh, Yes, I think that's one of the trickier ones, well done I would just think we, we got a couple of the Scandinavians What about Michael Lustig play for Rosenberg against Celtic? Mikael Lustig did not Oh, Vida mm. Reset no, although incidentally I remember bumping into Vida Reset when I was over at the Mulder game Remember the Chris Commons having a wee hissy fit oh, with Bonnie yeah, Dyler right, yeah. um, But no, that's just a boring story, sorry about that, what he's about not on the list George Cadet? Yes, George Cadet, how many is that you've got? Twelve Well done One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, I think you've got eight mm. uh, Which means you've got four to get Colo Turi take... uh, No, actually he's not on the list Ah I think the only other one Daz and I had we thought about Yuri Yanisik. No, no, he's not there either. So I'll give you, I'll give you some more thinking time. Mm. We've got a few minutes left. As always, the full time teaser. We give the guys about the last thirty minutes of the show to see if they can come up with the answers. So it's full time at Clyde1.com. That's the beauty of it. You provide the questions, and more often than not, we catch the pundits out and prove that you have superior trivia knowledge. So there we go, full-time at Clyde1.com if you want to hear your question used on the show in the future. Uh, it's 01419511025, by the way, to get in touch on the phones. You're possibly out of time for tonight, but I'm sure you'll have something to get off your chest in the coming days. So jot it down if you need to and get back in touch with us. If you would rather tweet, you can do that as well, and you will find us there at ClydeSSB. Um, okay, it's half time. At Pataudry, what a game it's been in the first half. Let's get the halftime story from Pataudry with Dave Galloway. Halftime, it's Aberdeen 4, Hamilton 1, and what a first half from the Dons after a bright start by Aki's, ironically. The hosts took the lead with a simple header from Hoban after a corner on 13 minutes. Eight minutes later, it was 2-0, a 25-yard screamer from Ferguson. Magnificent strike after some very nice build-up play. Number three arrived after 24 minutes. Edmondson with a 12-yard finish after good work by Hayes. It was 4-0 in the 31st minute. Edmondson again making his first start for Aberdeen. Cooley lifting the ball over Fulton. It appeared that the roof had well and truly caved in on Hamilton but they did rally. They got the heads back up and they pulled one back with Moyo's close range finish after 32 minutes and and they did have a a bit of a rally and and created a bit of danger around the Aberdeen goal but it looks like, um, you know, too little too late. 
from uh, Brian Rice's side at the interval at Pitaudry, Aberdeen 4, Hamilton 1. A 4-1 half-time score. I know that football without fans is doing some crazy things to score lines and all the rest of it, Roger Hanna, but that's quite something, a five-goal first half. Yeah, um, people will focus on Brian Rice and Hamilton, bottom of the league, looking for a result tonight and 4-1 down at half-time. But that said, hugely impressed by Aberdeen when he watched them in a nil-nil against Indian United at the weekend. They've scored four in 45 minutes. Um, I think Derek McInnes will be quietly confident about Celtic coming on Sunday. Gordon, that's quite something. Long way back for the Ackies. You never write the Ackies off, but that's no. going to be no, quite no. A there's there's no way back, Gordon. Absolutely no way back. Plus the fact, I think there's a a few injuries Hamilton have got. They've got a lot of young mm-hmm. players, development players in that yep. team, and that's the way they go about their business. Right. Brian Rice got a difficult job. Okay, we're going to have to leave it there because you've got four more to get on this teaser. Quick, Timo Uh No, both of them. No. Oh God, that was my. Highlight. No, I thought Sviatchenko played for Copenhagen last year. Oh no, he didn't. What about the goalie at the moment? Barkas. Barkas, of course. Yes, Barkas. Okay. Uh, what about someone who is actually a product of the Celtic Youth Academy and went over to Russia? Aidan McGeady. Aidan McGeady. Oh. Um, what about another member of the current squad? Hurry up! Cause your dinner's getting burnt. Played at the weekend He's Norwegian Christopher Ayer oh, yeah. No the other one Oh well you Yep Was he in the Molder team? Yep And the last one You're waiting on German fullback Mark Wilson's pal Oh Andy Hinkle Hinkle. Played for uh, Andy Hinkle Okay thank you very much Roger Hanna and Gordon Dale We are back tomorrow At 6 o'clock With Andy Halliday And Mark Guidi We'll speak to you then Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. For an unpredictable world, talk to Thompson's.com.